Welcome to Cannabis and Consciousness, where we talk and spill about metaphysical practices, tapping into the authentic self, and the journey on the spiritual path of life. I'm your host, Dominique, and I'm a Reiki healer, wire wrap jewelry maker, and local artist on the SF Bay Area Peninsula. My whole life, I've been drawn to the spiritual path after experiencing many strange and unusual circumstances stemming from a broken childhood, difficult relationships, and a near-death experience. I question everything and invite you to listen and learn about various metaphysical subjects that have brought me to the very point in time I am today. I'm no expert, but this stuff is really interesting, and if you're a spiritual skeptic like I used to be, the universe brought you into this podcast for a reason. Let's explore that reason together. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing today? Welcome to another episode of Cannabis and Consciousness. Uh, today, we have a very interesting topic. Whatever path you're on, chances are it was not easy to get there, especially on an energetic level. And in our time on Earth, there are all kinds of people who walk in and out of our lives. We go our whole lives forming and discarding relationships or simply letting them go on the back burner. But why do certain relationships last while others start to wear on us, ultimately leading to the shedding of that relationship from our lives? And what does this have to do with our spiritual growth? In this episode, I discuss how to shed toxic relationships and let go of those that are no longer suiting you and might be impeding your ability to grow spiritually or level up. I'll tell you about the time I had a soul retrieval ceremony performed by a skilled light worker and the effects it had on my life. I had some really great examples of past friendships and relationships that I had to shed personally in order to get where I am today, including family members that I had to let go of. We're going to discuss how to identify a toxic relationship and in what ways it'll drain your energy and health. I'll lead with personal examples and come up with some solutions for letting toxic relationships go, as well as how to live among the relationships you have with toxic people when you have no other choice. I'd like to first touch on how toxic relationships affect your spiritual journey. I personally believe that the reason I've even ventured down this esoteric metaphysical path was due to all of the things I've previously endured in my exposure with toxic relationships. It was a way for me to find peace with my trauma and a way to make sense of the tumultuous things I had experienced. Depending on the type of person we are, I believe toxic relationships is one of the reasons people go searching for more meaning in their life and end up on the path of religion or spirituality. In a way, these negative relationships are the reason we're catapulted onto the spiritual path in the first place. We are searching for meaning, as all humans do, and trying to justify why certain things happen and where the universe or God or karma plays in all of this. When we come in contact with a negative space or individual, we have an opportunity to learn from that person. We can look at their behaviors and address how they made or continue to make us feel. Then we identify what they could have done differently in order to make us more comfortable or how they could have gone about something in a more, you know, a better way, one that would have presented a more positive outcome. 
we implement that idea into our lives and then we let that toxicity go. You have to be able to make room for greater things in your life if something caused a relationship to go sour. It's the universe's way of letting you know there's more out there for you and great things are on the horizon. So while letting go can feel hurtful and uncomfortable, it's something that is vital for your growth as a human being. The only thing that will always remain the same in life is impermanence and that's okay. I have many, many examples of toxic relationships I've had throughout my life and I personally believe letting go is one of the most valuable lessons to learn while you claw your way to the top of your spiritual journey. I mean, there there really isn't an end or peak to anyone's spiritual journey since we're always learning to go with ebbs and flows, but we can definitely learn to be smarter about where we're investing our energy. You have to think of energy as money. Once it's spent, you don't get it back right away. You have to work at it. You have to put yourself in positions where you're going to earn more. And when you do spend it, you have to make sure it's on quality goods that are going to, you know, you're going to get more out of as time goes on. It's the same thing with relationships. If you're involved with people who are actively stealing your shine, your light, your energetic currency, you're going to become depleted and feel shortchanged. Here are some symptoms you might be experiencing if your energy is being stolen by a toxic relationship. Number one, you'll find you're physically sick a lot more as those are you surround yourself with, uh, you know, they cause you a lot more uh, energy loss, stress. Stress is directly linked to our immune system. So if we're always surrounded with stress, our immune system goes down and we're more prone to illness. Number two would be after engaging with a toxic person, you feel gypped, like conversations were one-sided or the whole time you just felt like there was something off about the encounter. Even if you can't really put your finger on what went wrong or what seemed off, you just know something wasn't right. You'll feel insecure about your relationships overall, number three, (laughs) because toxic individuals will have you questioning your worth. They're not on the same frequency as you and their negative energy will have you questioning your value as well as the other relationships in your life, which can actually be beneficial because you do start paying attention to the valuable relationships that are bringing you, you know, a lot more into your life. You'll feel lethargic, number four, and irritable shortly after encountering a toxic person. And it may take a few hours or a day, or a few days, or even a week um, to get back to your happier, more, you know, centered self. A great example could be your work environment. I used to work in one of the most toxic work environments I've ever been exposed to. I mean, I would tell friends and family about what happened in this place, and their jaws would drop. I couldn't tell you the amount of times I experienced what bordered on sexual harassment, or the blatant bias my managers would show certain employees. My coworkers would speak in a different language and they would use my name so I couldn't understand what they were saying, but I would know that they were talking about me. These coworkers were all the same race and culture and chose to invite each other to lunch while leaving people of another race, myself and another coworker, out of the loop. So we weren't included on purpose. The list goes on and on, and coming into this place each day really started to take a toll on my mental health. My anxiety worsened as dread would set in each morning on my way to the office, knowing that I'd have to face people who were going to ignore my good mornings, but acknowledge others who said it to them. Real petty shit, if you know what I mean. 
Then I'd come home to my partner and my attitude toward him wasn't that great because I just have been submerged in an environment of toxic people all day and it made me question my current reality and it had me wondering if I was better off quitting, you know, or in being without a job for a while just to get my mental health back in order. I'd like to mention that there are some people that are going to come into your life that are accidentally toxic. And I believe a majority of people who are toxic don't even know that they are. It's still important that you guard your light, even while it may not be the person's fault. Maybe they were conditioned to be a certain way because of their upbringing, or maybe it's circumstantial to where their life currently is. Whatever the reason, it's not our job to codependently fix anyone. And we are solely responsible for ourselves and our behaviors, regardless of previously learned conditioning. Someone who's not in a stable position in their life can definitely be a good example of a toxic relationship and can negatively impact our spiritual journey back to ourselves. Maybe this person is usually really great, but at the moment they're going through a lot and the energy we're putting out into the world is not energy that you're receiving well. You know, a good example is I recently met someone who was really great to be around. We hit it off. Um, We got along really well. We had a ton in common. When I was around him, I felt comfortable and at ease and I felt like I could be myself. We were sharing lots of laughs. But at this point in his life, he's toxic for me. He's not someone who is able to give me the emotional support I need because he's going through a major transitional period in his life. His living situation might be changing. He just got out of a major relationship in his life, as did I, and one that was toxic for him. And he's doing a lot of starting over and major shedding in his current circumstances. He's not a bad person, but he's going through a lot of shit, and that doesn't mesh well with the stability that I've started to become accustomed to again in my own life. Which brings me to my next point. Toxicity can be inherited and generational. It's something that reverberates out through our very aura, our presence, or our energetic way of being. When a person is involved with another toxic individual, how they feel from the toxic energy they receive can spread like wildfire. Let's go generational for a moment. My mom grew up with an alcoholic and violent father. Her siblings all saw it growing up as well, and that toxicity ended up manifesting as more addiction with all of them in one way or another. Not only that, but they all grew up into codependent individuals. Then my mother had my sister and me. We grew up around violence and addiction as well, and so did my cousin who came from my mother's siblings. This caused us to form a very close emotional codependent bond with one another. That kind of bond eventually made its way into our future relationships where we codependently clung to other codependent partners who also had addiction issues, abusive tendencies, or just overall instability. This is the cycle of toxicity, but this can be shed. This shit doesn't have to stay. The way we grow up doesn't have to be the way we continue to grow. Have you ever read that book, A Child Called It, by David James Pelzer? He wrote it back in 1995. And it's all about how he grew up in an extremely abusive environment, being locked in closets with a bucket of bleach put in there by his own mother, or the time his father stabbed him in the leg in a drunken rage when he was only eight or nine years old. This man went through so much in his life from trauma to violence to neglect, and he still came out the other side after many years of therapy. 
He has his own children now and found a very loving relationship with a woman that he's called his wife now for many years. He even talks about breaking the cycle of abuse so that his children wouldn't be affected by it the way that he was. This made it so that his children's children wouldn't have to experience it either. You do not have to succumb to your environment. If you can find a way to look outside of yourself at the big picture, following your authentic self through spiritual growth, you will find the lesson in anything that comes your way. You can allow the hurt to guide you to the individual that you're always meant to be. Suffering is a choice. One of the things that always stuck out for me while working on myself was a pattern I'd noticed in others when I'd go to group therapy. One class was called Acceptance Commitment Therapy, or ACT, where you'd learn all about radical acceptance and teaching yourself how to let go and be present so you could start getting results from your life and your relationships. The pattern that I personally came across and one that scared me was the lot of the part, a lot of the participants in this group were older individuals in their 50s and 60s. They'd gone their whole lives blaming everyone around them for their circumstances, claiming, well, I acted this way because my family member did this to me, so they deserve the same treatment. This would keep me up at night. They couldn't see that not only were they a product of their environment, they were owning that part of themselves and weren't letting it go, stunting their energetic growth. I'd almost always been the youngest one in the group, and every time I left another weekly session, I'd thank God I was working on myself in my early 20s. I'd thank my lucky stars that I could actively go after who I aspired to be while identifying where the energetic disconnect began and ended. My authentic self was always such a powerful internal force, and I'm grateful it was able to keep my eyes open instead of allowing me to drown in who I was conditioned to become. This brings me to discussing one of the craziest things I've ever experienced that I chose to partake in, a soul retrieval ceremony. I first learned about soul retrieval when I heard of Elizabeth Barton, a Reiki healer and astrologist in the SF Bay Area that my friend had previously seen um, and she had her natal chart read. A soul retrieval was listed on her website as one of her services, so I looked into it. And basically, a soul retrieval is performed by a light worker or a Reiki healer. It's believed in the metaphysical world that when you experience trauma, pieces of your soul go into hiding. When this happens, there are parts of yourself that are spiritually locked away because they don't want to face your current reality. Essentially, you have parts of your spirit, your soul, whose growth is stunted. Months before I decided to go through with this, I had gone to see a tarot reader in New Orleans, and I have previously mentioned um, some of my tarot experience in another episode about, you know, when I brought up my spirit guides being revealed as hummingbirds, but I also have something else strange that happened during that session. At the very end of the tarot reading, as I walked away from the reader, she exclaimed, October, to me. I whipped back around to face her and said, October, and then she told me, you're going to meet someone in October, and depending on how it goes with this person, you and your boyfriend may or may not break up. This terrified me. At the time, I was super in love, and the partner I had was a huge part of my world and who I saw myself being with for a very long time. 
but something stuck out to me. She said I would meet someone. She never said if it was a male or female. And I'm fairly heterosexual, so I was confused as to how a woman was going to break us up from my end. She didn't say my boyfriend at the time was going to meet anyone. She said I was going to. So weeks went by, and I waited for the other shoe to drop. At this point, I was looking for a new job, and I had already scheduled my soul retrieval appointment with Elizabeth for a Saturday, October 6th. The day finally came, and I went to Elizabeth to have the ceremony performed. I went into a deep meditative state and was visited by all kinds of spirit guides. It was so cool. She went through each of my chakras, and we started uncovering my energetic blocks. We found pieces of myself that had gone into hiding back around the age of five, and then seven, and then again when I was around 13. When Elizabeth went back over my sacral chakra, this was uh, the chakra that is located just behind the navel. She told me she could feel a blockage. Her crystal pendulum also showed this chakra was spinning in reverse for me. The sacral chakra is the energetic field that holds your intuition, your gut feelings, and your creativity. If this particular chakra is going in reverse, it means that you're most likely not listening to your intuition. Elizabeth asked me if I was having stomach issues, and I told her no, but I knew what was really causing her energy block. The day before this appointment happened, I'd found out that my partner was doing drugs behind my back again for the second time, though obviously, you know, people doing drugs, there's a lot of other times that they're doing it, but that was the second time I'd caught him. She told me that she was going to perform a cord cutting for this chakra, and she told me to relax and concentrate on releasing the toxic energy trapped inside. She called forth angels of the light to assist in severing the cord, and after some resistance, the cord was cut. Two days after the ceremony, I started a new job. I was so worried that someone was going to start hitting on me or make a move, and or I was maybe going to be attracted to someone else, but none of that happened. Strange things, though, did start happening at home. Now, now that I was a more pure vessel, darker spirits were actually trying to visit me during the night. I was waking up around 3 a.m. and I could feel something touch my leg and I would be seeing pitch black darkness in the corners of our room where usually light had typically flowed in freely through the windows we always had the hall light on that was just outside our door and light would peek through the crack at the bottom of the door, but not this night. I could see the light was on, but it was like a dark haze was not allowing the light to shine through it like it usually would. I continued to have vivid dreams over the next week and a strange tension started to come between my boyfriend and I. And then I found out for a third time that he was lying to me about his drug use, and we abruptly broke up on October 22nd. I reached out to Elizabeth a couple weeks after the breakup, and I asked her if it was possible to have cut a cord with him during the ceremony, and her response was, oh, it's a huge possibility, and that explains why your sacral chakra was spinning in reverse. After the breakup, I started to notice something strange. My fingernails, which were usually frail and would easily break, became really strong and longer. 
my hair that was very prone to shedding stopped falling out. I wasn't finding a ton of it in the shower drain after washing my hair. After a, actually about a year and a half ago, while I was still with my ex, I went to a doctor and they told me I had lesions on my cervix and a moderate grade of precancerous cells. They said I'd have to come back every six months for biopsy to make sure nothing got worse. This was really devastating to me at the time, but guess what? Just a week ago, I found out something extraordinary. This has diminished and has started to heal itself. My moderate-grade precancerous cells have now come back as low-grade, and the future is looking brighter, my friends. I believe wholeheartedly that the energy of my ex and our codependent toxicity was causing me physical illness, as well as potential future illness down the line. And suddenly, it's all changing. It's clearing up, and I'm physically healing in every way. Coincidence? I think not. So... I spoke about people who are generally good, uh, generally good being accidentally toxic, right? So what about individuals who choose to be toxic? What about the bad seeds, quote unquote? What does a toxic person look like? Well, for starters, they have the same issues in their life over and over and over again. They can't seem to equate that the one factor in their life that is the same for each of their issues is themselves. These are typically people who are defensive, prideful, irritable, unhappy, and overall coming from an egotistical standpoint. They may struggle with alcoholism, binging, or substance abuse. They're so wrapped up in blaming their external world for their shortcomings that they're unable to see the big picture to their current circumstances. So things continue to not go their way as they stray further and further from who their authentic self is trying to show that they're capable of becoming. They veer away from their full potential on their spiritual path to awakening. A toxic person is someone who is not seeing the unfortunate things that happen to them as lessons. This is someone who doesn't care to pick the situation apart to see what they could have done differently. It's someone who thinks the universe is against them. And so that attitude of life's a bitch and then you die continues to be a deciding factor in how they move forward in their lives. So when do we let go of someone who is bringing toxicity into our lives and how do we let go? I'm going to give you a very simple answer. You let go as soon as possible and you just do it. But it's not that easy, right? These people could have been in our life for many years or our whole lives and they could be people who we've grown to love. That's often why a toxic person will stay in our lives for, for much longer than is healthy for us. So we have to acknowledge this. The longer you let someone come back to you over and over again and allow them to justify their behavior to you, the longer your energetic currency will be depleted. And when your energy is depleted, how can you possibly continue to grow? For a very long time, I had a very close codependent relationship with one of my family members. And even, even as I talk about her now, I'm still protective over revealing who this person is. It became a part of my conditioning to protect her growing up. 
So over the years, she grew up to with a very low self-esteem. And, uh, you know, this continued to play a role in her life all the way up until she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder about four or five years ago after becoming mentally hospitalized twice within a six-month period. Aside from her chemical imbalance, she was always mooching off of me. If she was feeling lonely, she would expect me to drop everything to be by her side. And when we did hang out, the whole time spent revolved around her mood. But if I was lonely and I needed someone to lean on, she could only be there for me if she was in the mood. She always got away with a lot as a child since she was the youngest, so she grew up thinking that she could do no wrong. And since I was the only one who would call her out and try to discipline her, I became the enemy as everyone else coddled her so that she wouldn't be sent over the edge. Her mental health is the main thing that she identifies with in her life, and she uses it as a crutch going from claiming she has really bad anxiety to claiming agoraphobia and then borderline personality disorder. Whether it's her fault or just her chemical imbalance, there are a lot of imbalanced people out there who don't blame the entire outside world for their circumstances, but unfortunately, she does. She would put no effort into making lasting friendships because she was uh, tied to me, and she felt that she was entitled to the friendships that I had worked so hard to invest in. But if I ever wanted to hang with her and her friends, she'd tell me she needed time with them alone. It finally got to a point where she was no longer working and started collecting disability checks from the government claiming her disorder had become worse. She had stopped taking medication that she desperately needs to stay level, and she continued to plummet downward toward the wrong path, not looking out for her overall mental health. To be helpful, I asked her to help me out with a small chore each day for a couple hours while I was at work. I told her I'd pay her money and I was thinking this would give her something extra to do that would not only bring her more income but would keep her mentally distracted. She ended up lying to me about doing the task, which I continued to pay her for, and when I found out, I chose that as an opportunity to step away from the relationship that had been depleting my energy for such a long time. As soon as I let her go, I found that relationships that were better for me started coming through for me a lot more strongly, and I made lasting and more invested decisions with my time for people who supported my spiritual growth. But what if you can't let a toxic person go due to other factors? Like, what if this person lives with you? Or they're the father or mother to your child. Well, you have to find a way to make space, right? I'm currently living in a situation that brings toxic people into my space every day. I have dealt with this by smoking a lot of weed, which, you know, everyone's got their vices, that's mine, and making sure that I retire to my room very early when I get home so that I can have a metaphorical bubble around myself. When I'm in my own space, I make sure I'm focused on things that bring me a lot of relief, like creating art and writing and listening to music, watching my favorite shows or wire wrapping jewelry. And if I can't get the space quickly enough and I'm forced to interact with someone who's going to make me uncomfortable just being in their presence, I find a way to remain cordial and interested at a surface level. 
They don't need to know about my day or my weekend adventures, and they don't need to know how I'm feeling. All they need to know is that I'm busy doing my own thing, and that's good with me. I save my energy for other healthier people and hobbies, like friends that reciprocate the energy I need on the weekends. I save it for people who love me and always allow me to feel safe, people who restore me and support me and encourage me in all of my endeavors. Because of this, I have blossomed. I have found more confidence in myself, in my art, my creative side, and I feel freer to be the person who... I know I truly am. This podcast is actually a product of all of that support. This podcast is a part of my spiritual journey, which just makes me so much more excited to share it with everyone. Recently, I received a letter from the toxic person I just mentioned a bit ago, the bipolar one. Another family member who doesn't respect my boundaries, even though she knows what this person did to me is the one that handed me the letter. She said, I'm just the messenger. This is for you. Firstly, don't ever fall for that shit. Someone who respects your boundaries is, you know, not going to put you in that position in the first place. They're not going to go out of their way to do something that they would first typically think might make you uncomfortable. And the messenger in this particular situation knew very well that she wasn't respecting my boundaries. I took the letter and my stomach sank. And having known the person who wrote it nearly my whole life, I already had an idea of what the letter said. And all the work I've put into letting this person go came crashing over me as I began to doubt my choice to let her go. I still hadn't even opened the letter. It's Then that I decided to reach out to one of my best friends who also happens to be my cousin. I let her know and she asked what the letter said and I explained, well, I haven't opened it yet. That's when she simply said, then burn that shit. And suddenly I could feel relief wash over me. I was like, this is the way out. You know, typically there's people, you know, you could do all kinds of things. You can shred the letter, whatever. But I'm dramatic and this definitely tied into more of my, you know, spiritual witchy ways and I was like let's let's go with this cleansing way so I did it I burned the letter I watched the flames lick the paper as my name written on the front of the envelope dissolved into ash and I felt a feeling of liberation and peace sweep over me I'd like to note how eerie the timing is to receive such a letter just a few days ago is when I decided to make this current episode about shedding toxic relationships and suddenly one of the most toxic people I had let go of was attempting to reach out to me and deplete my energy again I fucking see you universe I know this was a test and man I I did my authentic self some spiritual goodness that is the thing about karma and destiny and things falling into place When you're doing really well, toxic people have a sixth sense. They can smell that shit. They can smell the spiritual growth and they want to stifle it. This is why they come out of the woodworks and try to bring you back to their level. Because now you have an excess of abundant, bright, beautiful energy for them to feed off of. It's the same thing when you get into a new relationship and suddenly all of your exes and all of your old fuckboys start texting you, even though you haven't heard from them in months or maybe even years. 
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I want everyone to know that, yes, I have done a lot of spiritual work over the years, and yes, I had lots of toxic people come into my life, but I also want to be very clear that at times I was also a very toxic person. During those times, it wasn't always intentional, but other times it was when I was really hurting and I was self-sabotaging. When I look back now, since my present mindset is extremely different and I've faced a lot of my trauma, I can definitely say there were many years when I was not mentally healthy and that affected the energy of many people around me. I lost friends and I was an asshole in relationships and I played the defensive victim. It's also some of the reason that some of the toxic people I'd allowed into my life were even there. Misery loves company and there were points that it was all I was willing to welcome into my life. I'm very happy with where I currently am, and even if you don't identify as a toxic person, everyone has their shit. Try to keep an open mind on your spiritual journey and be compassionate with your very human self. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes and follow Cannabis and Consciousness on Instagram. It's the word cannabis, the letter N, and then consciousness. Also, check out my wire-wrapped jewelry at rosydwirewrap on Instagram. That's rose with three E's, the letter D, and the words wire-wrap. I look forward to our next episode together. Have a great rest of your day.